Hi, I'm Paul Stringfellow and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we get all social as we take a look at the role social media plays for IT pros. So settle back, get out the Twitters and enjoy the show. Hi and welcome to this week's Tech Interviews. Uh, so on this week's show, I, I wanted to look at something um, a little bit different. And, you know, I like to do the occasional uh, episode where we, we take a different view of things that go on in the IT industry. Um, one of the areas that I've, I've done a lot of uh, in the last kind of four to five years of my career um, is engage much more with social media and, and the IT community. Now, that's brought lots of interesting benefits and, and opened lots of interesting relationships within the, uh, the IT world for me. Um, but not everybody that, uh, that I spend time with and, and people who are IT pros or, or IT execs, not everybody that I work with invests in social media in quite the same way. So I, I wondered why that might be, and I thought it'd be an interesting topic to explore on a show. Um, so to do that, I've um, I've, I've contacted a, an old friend of mine um, and somebody that I've, I've worked with in this kind of area before and who's given me lots of really good advice on on the world of social media and even kind of the world of podcasting uh, in, in the way that this show has developed. Um, it's a friend of mine, Richard Bliss. Hi, Richard. How are you? Uh, Paul, thank you. I'm uh, doing great. <clears throat> Sounds like I'm recovering from uh, New Year still, but no, I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. No, no, real pleasure. And um, we'll kind of get into a little bit about your, your background um, and, and kind of why this is an interesting show to have you a part of. But, but before we do that, Richard, why, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about of, uh, of who you are, a little bit about your background and, and what you do. Sure. In today's world, uh, we find that it becomes so much easier for us to communicate than we have in the past. And what I do is help particularly executives um, focus on how, how they develop their online presence so that they're able to communicate the vision and the direction of their company. Not, and I call it selling from the C-suite, um, but it works for executives, but it also works for individuals who are looking to develop their brand. And that's what my focus is and what I've developed my career to be effective at, working with uh, senior leaders to make them effective, to help them share their voice, because they are the single greatest marketing tool and sales tool that any organization has. And oftentimes they're woefully unprepared to handle the social media approach to that. In addition, then, I work with salespeople, tech people, uh, all kinds of different aspects of the workforce to help them understand how to leverage that social media tools that are there to become more powerful with their own personal brand. Does that work, yeah. Paul? Yeah, it does. And, and I think um, I mean, what's interesting about that, we'll, we'll kind of dig into this because I think it's, it's very easy for us to use the phrase social media. And all we think about is, uh, you know, we were talking, talking before we started recording about kind of, uh, of children. Um, you know, we, we've all got kids who no doubt spend time on Snapchat and, you know, um, or gaming. And we see social media as that. But I think one of the experiences I've had over the last kind of four or five years um, and working alongside people like yourself as well has been actually what a powerful tool that can be. You know, not just for selling, but for developing community, finding relationships that can help you develop new solutions or help you solve problems. Now, I think there's lots and lots of things we can do in that area that, that I'm not sure lots of people often appreciate the, the, the possibility. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to dig into with this show, because I think there's there's lots of opportunity around social media that that maybe people don't realize because they sit in a kind of, a, and it's interesting you talk about senior exec role, they sit in a senior exec role and think, what's the point of me posting something on Twitter? Um, but before maybe we delve into that, um, sure. and, and I've used the phrase kind of half a dozen times and, and you did as well. When we talk about social media, you know, what, what, what is it that we mean? You know, do, do you have kind of a definition of how you see social media? For me, social media is when you take your 
person, your physical person, and transfer that into a digital or online presence. And that means that you are finding a way to extend your voice, your interests, your passion, your personality, all of those different aspects of it through digital. And so social media has kind of captured all of that. It goes from, you know, what, what do I have on my Pinterest board? to the tweets that I've put out, to the videos that I've uploaded on YouTube or that I've even watched on YouTube, to um, the, the communication I've done on a personal level, whether it's Snapchat, WhatsApp, whatever I'm using. Those are the different ways that I'm communicating and extending that presence online. And that's really what social media is, is that the development of an online reputation through a wide variety of digital tools. So that's a, um, an interesting phrase in there as well about that kind of development of an, an online reputation. Um, and, and again, I think that's probably probably an area we'll, we'll delve into. So, so I mean, I started this off by talking about so it's it's an area that um, I've I've invested quite a lot in. You know, obviously this podcast. Um, you know, I, I blog regularly. Um, I, I tweet regularly. Use LinkedIn stuff like that, um, and, and other social media channels. Um, but not necessarily everybody does that. You know, and, and do you feel that that might be down to uh, a perceived lack of value in spending time in social media and, and if so are people wrong you know what, what what's some of the value if I'm a an IT professional an IT executive what what's some of the value areas that, that social media can bring you know you bring up a really interesting um, point and that is that uh, there is a I'm going to call it a myth a social media myth that to be effective on social media you have to be cre constantly creating content uh, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog, whether it's tweeting every day, whatever it might be that you're constantly creating contact, uh, content. And one of the things I want to point out, and I often do to people, is they, they say, well, I'm not very active on social media. And I said, yes, you are. Every day you're active on social media, whether you know it or not. For example, um, Paul, you and I knew each other before we physically met, right? Yep. Because we met, and I use that in air quotes because we need a new word for meeting. We had never physically come into contact with each other, but we had met through a wide variety of these social media tools. But the first time that we met, I probably did what you did, and that is, oh, I'll go look this guy up on LinkedIn. Well, it, let's suppose that now today, most everybody has a LinkedIn profile. Uh, I very seldom encounter somebody who doesn't have LinkedIn, maybe not a Facebook, maybe not uh, Twitter, maybe not one of the other ones, but LinkedIn pretty much because that's become the business platform. But think about it. If I haven't done anything with my LinkedIn profile and I just kind of threw it up there because I was looking for a job and then I walked away from it. And then I said to myself, I'm not really into LinkedIn, but every time I meet somebody, they go and look at my LinkedIn profile and form an opinion about me. So in essence, I am engaged and active on social media every single time, whether I choose to be or not. And that's one of the things that I help people understand is that you don't have to be the uber engaged person who is out there constantly chatting and sharing and talking. That is not what's needed here. What's needed is for you to simply participate in the conversation in a variety of ways. Sometimes that might be creating original content that you want to share, but sometimes that's simply engaging, liking, commenting. Uh, re-engaging, re-sharing, retweeting, whatever it might be. Well, I suppose it goes even to a, a greater extent than that. That's a really interesting point about that that I've created a you know pick on LinkedIn. So I've created a LinkedIn profile, and as you said, you know, then I've decided that LinkedIn's not really for me, and I can't really be bothered. But actually, I I have a social media presence because I've created a LinkedIn profile, and every time somebody looks at that LinkedIn profile they are engaging with me in social media and and the view that they get of me is 
positive or negative, you know, rightly or wrongly, is positive or negative based on something that, you know, it's kind of pinch your phrase, but something you basically threw together because you were you were looking for a job and it felt that you should have some kind of LinkedIn profile, you know. And so, I mean, is that is, is that kind of the essence of it, that, you know, regardless of how much you think you engage and how much content you're creating, be that a tweet or a blog post or whatever, that actually the fact that you exist in some kind of digital digital version of yourself means that you're going to be engaging whether you realize it or not. Absolutely. Let me give you an example. You know, I, I am a paid professional when it comes to helping coach on social media usage. That's what I get paid for. So I get introduced to you. And in the olden days, we would have exchanged business cards, but I haven't carried business cards in over a decade. Uh, I'm not going to give you my business card, but I'm going to ask your name and then I'll probably pull out my phone and the two of us are going to connect on LinkedIn. If I didn't have a LinkedIn profile, and then somebody said, well, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. And I hand them a physical business card and said, you know what? I don't have a LinkedIn profile. What opinion would be formed by them about me in my current p- profession? They'd have, to t- they'd have to doubt that I even knew what I was talking about. So one of the points I want to point out here is that, <clears throat> excuse me, the lack of presence on social media, <clears throat> the lack of presence on social media also communicates an image, a brand, and something about yourself. One of the things I tell executives in today's world when I sit down with them for the first time and they say, why do I need to be on social media? I'm running a successful company. I'm the CEO of this large organization. I have a a global brand. Why do I need to be on social media? And here's what I tell them. Their inability to use 21st century communication tools calls into question their ability to run 21st century organizations. You don't want to be the person who can't figure out how to put paper in the fax machine. Oh, wait, we have to explain to some younger people what a fax machine is, yeah. uh, right? But that's, you can't be that person. And when it comes to the tech community, there's a, there's a bit of an irony here, a, a twist, is that the, the tech community, probably more than anything, has embraced social media to a level. I mean, because Slack falls under that, right? The, the, the communication tools. And the tech community uses Slack heavily. Um, Twitter is used heavily by the tech community. If I want, if I need support, oftentimes I can go to Twitter and and you know engage with technical engagement on uh, social media. So it's it's interesting that tech people are using social media probably more effectively. But when it comes to the branding side of social media, they're probably failing on that side a little bit. Yeah, that, that's again, I mean, a couple of really interesting things in there, and I think I actually think that's a fascinating point about the um, the almost luddite approach that well, I run, you know, I'm a, I'm a senior exec at this successful company. Why on earth do I need to have a social media presence? Why do I need to be on LinkedIn? And as you said, actually, if you are presenting yourself as a successful modern executive of uh, you know and it actually could be any type of company because we all rely so heavily on technology in in pretty much every walk of life that actually being the person who <laughs> I would think when you actually said about putting paper in fax machines actually you probably want to be you don't want to be the person who does know how to put paper in a fax machine anymore <laughs> um, as, as opposed to the one who doesn't but but you're right you know the person who you know, I'm, I'm painting this vision of how we're going to use technology, for example, in a company. You know, a lot, lot of the audience for this show are IT pros working in the IT industry. So if you're the person who's developing an IT strategy, yet you don't know some of the basics about how to engage exactly. in kind of the digital, you know, the digital world that we live in, then, as you know, I think that's a really interesting point that that potentially calls into question, well, actually, how forward thinking are you? You know, how how advanced are some of your ideas when you're not necessarily doing some of the basics of of modern communication? 
Um, and, and do you actually just as maybe as an ex- extension to that? Now, I wasn't really thinking about this point until we, we've just talked about this, that as we look at new people coming, you know, we're talking about this before we started recording, as you're looking at new people coming into to the industry and, and working in whatever your industry might be, that lots of those people are going to rely on a whole different way of communicating to, you know, we, even the idea that we use emails, you know, things like Slack and Snapchat and, and tools that we might not necessarily commonly see in, inside of a business environment. You know, is it an important part of you as a as an IT professional understanding how some of those platforms might work, whether, whether you have to be particularly active on those platforms, but even having an understanding of the value of those platforms, is, is that going to be something that's going to be useful to you? The stereotypical... Um... The, the the stereotypical persona or demo, uh, demographic of a, 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 an IT person is always the tongue in cheek joking right they 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 sit in their little cubicle or they sit in their little closet and they type away on their computer and they do their little thing and, and they go away right they don't talk to people they don't engage with people and it's like oh that's it's that person in the corner right who's handling your tech stuff oh that that guy over there that man or woman over there I don't know but they come in and they go out I don't know what they do right that's the stereotypical. Uh, label that's kind of put on the description of a, a traditional IT person. There's sitcoms about it, right? We can go through all of that. But in reality, in today's world, communication continues to be the single most important business tool that we have. I can be most effective at my job when I am communicating. And and developing the ability to communicate with a wide variety of tools means that I have the ability to do my job better. Not only do I have the ability to do my job better, but I have the ability to understand how other people do their job better. And one of the things in today's world, you know, I tell my, my children, I tell, um, I even tell senior people who are looking to do a transition in their career. Look, the job that you're looking for doesn't exist today. You have to go create it, which means that you have to go find a need and then develop it because the traditional, well, here's my skill set. Do you have a fit in your company for my skill set? Well, those skill sets are becoming obsolete almost daily. And we have to constantly be reinventing ourselves. And so if you don't have the ability to leverage the communication tools to reach out, engage, follow, know what's going on, take the, the, the courses, download the, uh, the uh, webinars, do whatever it takes to be relevant, then you simply become, yeah, you might have some skill sets, but they become obsolete and you don't even know why. Suddenly you're not getting um, phone calls for your, from your clients. You're not getting the job offers. You're not getting the recruiters calling. You're not, you're not getting that aspect of it because you don't have the ability to communicate. And I think that's a really important point. I, it, one of the things that we hear from, um, you know, my day job, think it's one of the things I hear from lots of senior IT people is this almost, almost this, this idea of isolation. You know, they don't, you know, they're seen as the kind of the IT uh, guru within their organization. They're the, the IT strategy decision maker. And that point that you've just made, though, about that, that, that isolation, you know, the idea that they don't really know who to talk to. And it's interesting that they often don't see social media as a way of addressing that problem. I mean, is that something that you come up against, that, that people sit there with a, I'm very isolated, I don't really know who to speak to, and yet they don't see some of these tools right in front of them because actually they've never never taken the time to understand how social media can benefit them? I, I encounter it uh, at a significant enough level that it shocks me. And it shouldn't because that's what I do. But I still encounter on a regular basis uh, where I walk into an organization, sit down with a support team or a, 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 C, a CIO of an organization and have them lack fundamental understandings of how some of this works. Uh, th- they shouldn't at their level. 
Now, on the other side, it, uh, it can flip around. I sat down with a, uh, um, a customer the other day. I was at a tech conference. I think you and I might have both been there. Uh, it was in Las Vegas. That doesn't really narrow it down since most <laughs> of our tech conferences are in Las Vegas. And I asked the customer, they were a senior tech person in their role for 14 years. Why did you pick this particular vendor? And they said, look, I need to make a decision based on the best knowledge I have. And I get all of my, now this was unsolicited. That was the whole context of the question right there. I did not know where he was going to go with this. And he didn't know what really I did. And he said, I get all of my information about what's happening in the industry from Twitter. And it was clear to me which vendors were winning and which vendors were the market leaders based on what was the discussions that were going on. And that's why I made the decision here. Now, we could throw that away. It's just like, oh, the guy's you know using Twitter to you know a bit uninformed, but no, he was dead serious that that is the most reliable source of peer review content, so that he knew he was making the right decision on how to deploy technology in his organization, and he knew that he would have a wide range of support options if if he ran into problems or challenges because he could just go ask the universe. All right, I got a problem. And the universe would answer. And that is the power of what, what, what we encounter with social media today. So here was an IT person who clearly stated, look, this is where I get my information. Because Paul, you and I have been in the industry long enough to remember, you know, we, there was Computer World and Computer Week and Info Week and all the different publications that used to give us the knowledge we needed to make decisions on a day-to-day uh, -day basis in our businesses from an IT standpoint. Well, those have almost all dried up. And you can count sometimes that the leading media people on a single hand, and certainly the publications of where you can go to get solid, reliable, consistent information about what's happening in the industry. When we're talking about formal publications, well, very seldom do people even pay attention to those anymore. Yeah. I mean, they do to some degree, but that's not where people are listening to your podcast to find out whether they should deploy a certain technology in their data center or whether they should be moving to the cloud and they're turning to you. Now, I think you're a really smart guy, but at some point you got to ask yourself, wait, wait, we're the experts, right? We're the people who were like the luminaries when I was growing up in the industry that we would turn to and they knew everything. They would tell us what to do. Well, we've become those people and mm -hmm. social media is what made that so powerful. And as an IT person, you need to trans transfer your perception of yourself from a, hey, I'm just isolated. I'm sitting here. I'm going to do my job and I'm going to go home or I'm going to go do whatever I do to I am a critical component of driving the successful business. And if I'm more, if I'm successful in what I'm doing now, my business will be successful, but then I'll become successful, which will allow me then to expand and grow in my own career. Whether I stay with my current company or I move to another one becomes irrelevant because you become a power and presence and a brand unto yourself. And I think what's, I mean, what's a really powerful point in all of that? Again, it's one of those things that I suppose, you know, that, but that, that example that you gave there of the person who's making it, they're making a career move and they're, or they're making a technology decision and they're basing that purely on what they see in terms of social media, you know, what they, they built almost, um, yeah, I mean, you start, you started this actually by talking about that, you know, when I asked what social media was, the idea that it's a digital version of yourself almost, you know, you're creating a digital you and the way you are, the way you present yourself and people then build 
an image of you based on that 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 social media uh, kind of social media um, image that they see. So they build the, the image of you as a real person, as you said. Yeah, we we you know, obviously we've met many times in in real life now, but actually before we'd done that, we'd only ever met kind of via social media, and we had an image of what each other might be like. Um, and I, I was not disappointed in your case. I, I appreciate how disappointed <laughs> you were um, when you met me, but that that's a, that's a whole different matter. Stop. Um, so I'll have to work on my social media. But um, but but I, but I think that's a really important point, and and I can imagine that people um, listening to this who maybe are IT pros within, but don't work within technology companies. So maybe they work in a logistics company or a finance company or, or whatever it might be. But but I, I would think that that's exactly the same process. You know, people will make a decision on whether they buy a service from you, whether they want to come and work for you, whether they want to, uh, you know, I don't know, entrust in, in a an investment portfolio with you for in terms of a random thing to think about but but I, I guess that's true across regardless of what industry that you're working that actually increasingly people are making those decisions based on some kind of social media online interaction you know and it, I mean is that it, it, it's a t- the technology industry I guess is no different in that regardless of what industry you're in that's kind of the reality of the way people make decisions today it is. It's called the buyer's journey. And in the buyer's journey, they're now saying that by the time a customer, a prospect, reaches out to talk to a vendor for a purchasing decision, they've done at least 75 to 80% of the work already. They've already identified what the price is going to be. They've identified what the specs are going to be. They're going to identify who the vendors that they've already winnowed it down to, which vendors they want to choose from. By the time they actually talk to somebody, that decision-making process has reached such a a point of information has already been collected across across the board. That's where tech people can become so instrumental in, in influencing the decision-making of prospects is that when they're out there talking, chatting, engaging, sharing, uh, doing all of that on a regular basis, they become part of the conversation that prospects and customers are looking for. It also becomes part of the, how they build their personal brand. You know, I know we only have a few more minutes, but one of the things, Paul, I'd like to do is let your listeners take away a few concrete things they can do when it comes to their own personal social media activity and efforts. Is that okay? Can we do that? Yeah. Oh, just before we do that, though, just just one kind of quick question for you, and, and sure. it might feed into kind of what what what, what we're going to cover here. You know, and I appreciate. I, I could probably we could do this topic for another hour, but um, you know, because I, I think it's a really interesting topic, and that. And, I, and, it, and it interests me why people don't necessarily kind of, um, you know, look at the value of where social media can deliver things for them. But it was interesting while I was listening to what you're saying before that, you know, I, I think one area that's been interesting for me is that this is not also this is not just about a sales opportunity. It's not just about selling a service. This is about um, the way you present yourself to a community and build relationships that aren't necessarily about you selling things to people, but are also about building relationships where you might want help. You know, you, t- you touched on before, didn't you, that, you know, you, you one of the first places you might go for support for something is a company's Twitter handle. You know, they'll have a support, a customer help Twitter handle. And often we get um, a, you know, a lot better response from that than we might elsewhere get from waiting on a, you know, one of those infernal menu-driven telephone call systems or whatever it might be. And I think from, a, from somebody working in the IT industry, 
there's an awful lot of value in building that kind of network of relationships that you might only ever build online with lots of people. Um, so it's, you know, so I suppose what I was getting at was this is this much more goes much more beyond just you selling your company's services or selling your Absolutely. own professional services. This is about building a social media can give you a you know, real value in building a, a community of help and support and advice that that can have great value to you throughout your entire career. You know, is that, is that something else that you see? Absolutely. And that's something that I discourage uh, a lot of people who participate, who kind of start off with social media and they don't know what to share. So they just start sh- resharing every press release that their company puts out. Hmm, yeah. And it's like, you know, there is so much noise out there and there's so many different ways I can get information. I don't need you to be just another conduit of, of pushing information. What I'm really interested in is if you're going to share something, I want to know why you thought this was worth sharing. I want your perspective. That's why I'm connected to you. That's why I follow you. That's why I pay attention to you. I want your perspective. I don't want you to just to share something. I can go find that on my own. But I want to know why you shared it. What in here should I be paying attention to? I want you to give me input because I follow you. And some we all live vicariously through each other just a little bit. And so that's one of the things I'm looking for when I'm engaged with you on social media. Yeah, and I think that's... You know, that, that, I suppose that's the value, isn't it? Is that, you know, this is not just about being a shill who just presents no. out all, all the positive stuff. This is about, as you said, you know, right at the start, this, this is your digital personality. And, and, and the, I, I, mean, I believe that the, the huge value around social media is indeed that, is that it's your personality online. And that's not about sharing about, you know, every every lunchtime lunchtime meal you've ever had or sharing you know it can it can be very professionally driven it's about sharing about your professional life but people getting to know you because then you know that's that's a more helpful thing to have um, in all kinds of ways than you know trying to engage and get help and support or advice from people who've got no idea who you are or, or have ever engaged with you, and I think you miss a miss a huge resource. And so, it probably takes us back to kind of the the, the point you made earlier, as as we kind of, of wrap up on our time here. That I, you know, personally, I think there's lots and lots of benefit in spending time and investing time in social media and that online community. Um, so, so what are you, as you said, you know, for for people listening to this, what, what are some of the takeaways that that people might want to take from from this? In reasons they might want to take a, a bigger investment and spend a little more time in developing that that social media profile sure we usually start with uh with linkedin that's what we call your digital house that's where it all starts that's your calling card your brand your especially when it comes to business but before i do that now you've caused me to want to say you know before we got on the call you uh, you made a, a joking comment about living vicariously through me over the holidays right yeah. um, because you discovered something about me uh that was that you found interesting and I have to admit, I was a little hesitant to share it uh, quite so uh, abundantly as I did because I only shared it. Where did I share it? I shared it on Facebook. You and I are connected on Facebook and I shared it on Instagram. I didn't put it out on my Twitter handle, although I did a little bit. But why don't you tell your audience what you discovered that was fascinating? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we, we probably have to uh, ha- have to correct it before any, anybody takes uh, anybody gets in a, a view of, of things that, that just aren't true. Um, that uh, Yeah, so uh, I was fascinated by your huge collection of board games. Um, in, in fact, to a point where I didn't realize so many board games existed. Right, because I was tweeting out. No, I wasn't tweeting. I was posting on Instagram. Uh, my fiance and I, uh, and I gave board games to each other for Christmas. And so all day Christmas day, all the week between Christmas and New Year's, we just, we played board games almost all day long. And I just kept tweeting, uh, excuse me, I kept posting that on Instagram and Facebook. 
And so you kept getting an update. Okay, this time we're playing this game. Now we're playing this game. And I mentioned last night we played uh, the Battle for Hogwarts, uh, Harry Potter Battle for Hogwarts cooperative uh, card-driven deck building game. And right, and then you had no idea. And yet that was a fraction of my collection. And the reason I bring this up is because, let me share a couple of, I know we were supposed to be out of time, but it's your podcast and you can turn it off if you want. But, yeah, I, I'm in charge. You carry on. All right, here we go. Uh, so I have discovered that uh, board games are, are an incredible connecting, uh, what do I want to call that? It ties us together in such a way that we do a cooperative narrative, that we tell a story together when we sit down and play a board game. Yeah, it kind of happens with video games. You get together with your mates and you're doing some uh, video game things. You're online with some people, but board games is that face-to-face, sitting across with each other, building a narrative that allows you to actually engage with each other. And so it becomes very powerful tool that binds us together. When I ask people about their chill, uh, their memories with their grandparents, almost always it comes up with some kind of board games involved, cribbage, you know, card games like cribbage or bridge or pinnacle. Um, those are the different things that they remember playing these games. And so games become a very powerful tool for us. And what's interesting in the tech community, board games are extremely popular. And so I have to admit, Paul, you're a little behind the, the times on this one, but you will now, if anybody listens to your podcast, which I'm hoping is quite a few, you're going to get some feedback about people are going to tell you who what their favorite board game is. They're going to talk about Settlers of Catan or Ticket to Ride or um, cooperative games like Pandemic. Um, all of these different games allow you to tell a different narrative. And that's extremely popular among the tech community to the point where I used to put on my own technology conferences around the world. And one day my team came to me. I was the vice president of marketing for a, a, a company and they were based out of Canada. And, the, and we were putting on a conference in... I can't remember what we were doing. It probably Las Vegas again. And they came to me and they said that they wanted to do something other than the traditional vendor cocktail drinks night. And I said, okay. And they said, we'd like to do board game night at a tech conference. And I said, well, I'm not sure. And they said, no, no, no. And we want you to teach everybody. And so I started hosting board game night at my tech conferences and it became extremely popular to the point where people still reach out to me. Um, and talk about the experience that they had. And at one point, if we remember in the good old days of Novell, and Novell used to hold Brainshare, which is a big conference they held in Salt Lake City every year. Uh, I was a big vendor at Brainshare. And one day I got a phone call from one of my salespeople who asked me if their customer called them up in California and said, hey, we're coming to Brainshare. Will Richard Bliss be hosting board games? Will he bring board games to Novell's technology conference? And so my salesperson called me. I'm like, sure, I'll, you know, okay. That wasn't the plan, but okay, I'll bring a couple of games. The next day, I get an email from a customer on the East Coast in New York. Hey, I heard that you're bringing board games to Brainshare. Can I participate? I'm like, what? What is going on here? Well, it became so popular that I had to create a landing page and a registration site. And we got 120 people who registered because I, I couldn't handle all the emails. 120 people registered, registered, I'm putting that in air quotes, for my board game night at somebody else's tech conference. And because I did so much business with Marriott, um, the Marriott is across the street from the Salt Palace in Salt Lake City. They gave me, they gifted me a uh, ballroom. And they said, here, look, you can have a ballroom. And so we set up tables and then I got volunteers to come in from the community and members of my own team. And throughout the conference, we had 120 people come and sit down and play a wide variety of board games. And to the point where that's all my customers wanted me to do every conference now. Hey, could you bring board games again so we can sit and play board games? So 
it became a part of my brand. Um, and it's very popular. I've, I've dominated. I've told a very long story, Paul, but uh, it's something that when you share these things online, it, it, it's the things that start to bind us. For some, it might be crafting, uh, right, um, brewed uh, beers, or it might be something to do with food, or it might, in my case, it's board games. And we find these different aspects of people and it enriches and develops and grows the relationship we have with each other. Yeah, and I, and I think actually that 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 point there as you wrapped up, you know, it's it's the it's the idea that um, you know, because people, you know, there are people who are listening to the story about board games wonder, well, what you know, I'm an IT pro. What what does that what does that matter to me? How does that influence the way I might want to use social media to help me to develop my career, career or build some new relationships or whatever? But, but it's actually it's exactly that, isn't it? By being you online, uh, by being that digital you where you've got some shared interest, and that shared interest could be board games, could be technology, like you said, it could be beer brewing, could be sports, could could be it could be anything really. Could be anything, and so don't you, be. Don't hesitate to share a personal side of yourself. It doesn't have to be business all the time. It doesn't have to be tech all the time. Share some of that personal side. I have exec- I had executives over the holidays, as I was sharing those board games, reach out to me and ask for advice on what games they should be getting for their kids or their family to be able to sit down or their friends to sit down and play board games with each other. So there's a wide variety of things. And let me give you just five quick things here at the end as we wrap up on your LinkedIn profile. There are five things that mo- that you can quickly make changes to that'll have a big impact. And Paul, if we were to use your LinkedIn profile, uh, let me just go through those real quick. The first one is the banner, the banner, that big long picture image that goes behind your face. Use that to visually brand yourself. Uh, in your case, you just have the generic one from LinkedIn, um, but find something that brands you. If you're if you're in a region of the world that um, allows you to brand that, or if there's something of your background, your work, your personal. Number two is your picture. And Paul, you have a perfect picture because it looks just like you. Great. You're a good looking guy. And so as I, I see that, I'm saying, yep, that's Paul. So if I walk, if I had never physically met you and I walked into the room, I'd say, that's him. There he is. I recognize him. That's why that's so important. Number three is your headline. What we think of as the job title, but it's actually the headline. It goes right underneath your name. In your case, you have technical director, then a pipe, NetApp A-team, pipe, Veeam Vanguard, CRN A-list, your Twitter handle, and then host tech interviews podcast. You have been very clear what you do, where you do it, how you do it, and what you're involved with. And so if I'm looking you up, I I find in your headline the value you bring to the business relationship we're about to enter into. If I say senior account manager, global accounts, that doesn't mean anything because each company, something's done differently. The fourth one is very impressive in your case, and I encourage all of your listeners to go read it. It's your summary, and you've done a very nice job of creating a summary that talks about who you are, where you came from, the value you bring to the relationship, and it's just not a list of your a laundry list of your skills and abilities that you uh, have developed over the years. And then the last one is your activity. In your case, you've developed original content. Don't be scared of GDPR. It's a good thing. Embrace it. But you also are actively sharing, commenting, and liking other people's content, which validates their contribution to the ongoing conversation. So those five things, the banner, the head, the picture, the headline, the summary, and the activity are the five things that really, that you can kind of focus on to help you uh, become more effective at that. 
So, well, just as and you're right, I mean, we, we are we're running to the end of our time here. And um, but one, one quick question. So if, if somebody's listening to this show and they're an IT pro and they've kind of heard everything they've said and they've loved the enthusiasm that we, I think we both share for for the benefit that social media can kind of bring to your IT career. But are still listening to this and thinking, yeah, but you know what? Social media is not really for me. You know, is there anything that you, you would say to encourage them to maybe think again, you know, to, to look again at where the, the, where value for social media might be for them? You know, is it is this, is it the, the one thing that you'd say, actually, if you think social media might not be for you, consider this and, you know, and, and maybe reevaluate? That's a tough one, Paul, and here's why. I've discovered that if somebody is dead set against uh, really needing the, for social, the need for social media and dead set against it, I can't convince them. But what I've discovered is there are very few people who are like that. They'll say that, but oftentimes it's simply because they don't know where to start and they don't know where to ask and they don't know how to, to, to make it work. And they're afraid of, of embarrassing themselves because they don't know. And so they don't know who to, to, to start or ask. And so what I say is, is that none of us are going to stay in our career forever. None of us are going to be doing the same thing we're doing 20 years from now or five years from now. Some of us for a year from now, it doesn't matter. You need to be able to, to realize that in today's world, digital identity and your digital reputation, it's what drives your future earning, your future engagement, your future uh, networking. It's all going to happen, not limited by the ge- geographical presence of where you happen to live in the world or the conferences you have to go to or the people you work with on a daily basis, but a much broader and wider network of people. And you need to figure out a way to be able to comfortably engage with those, even if it's just simply updating your LinkedIn profile to put a nice picture and a little bit of a summary. Even if it's just that, that at least is a start that people will start to notice and engage with you. And so that's what I would encourage them to do. Well, Richard, I, I mean, I, think, I do think a genuinely fascinating topic, and I, and I could we could probably discuss this for another hour and say, but uh, you know, p- people's uh, people's patience to listening to my voice, particularly, would no doubt run out well before then. So, um, but look, if if people have been uh, fascinated by what we've talked about here and are uh, um, you know have, have got other questions or interested in maybe asking you questions or maybe even finding out some of the services that that you offer to you know you've talked about some of the services you've offered to senior execs in in all kinds of companies uh, previously, you know. What's a good way to find out a bit more about yourself uh, and, and maybe contact you on social media? The best way is uh, either Twitter, which is Richard Bliss uh, on my Twitter account, or LinkedIn, which you can find me, Richard Bliss. Uh, if you want the URL, it's linkedin.com slash in slash bliss uh, is one way. Those are the two best ways to reach out, find me, send me a message, tweet at me, or uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll be happy to engage, talk to you. And uh, you know what? To your listeners, if anybody would like, I'll even give them a little bit of advice and go through their LinkedIn profile and, and give them a few pointers if they'd like. Well, what you do know now is people listen to the end of this, they are going to look at your LinkedIn profile and uh, and judge it. Um, so silently judge is what, what's going to be happening. Um, so, um, That's what but they're hey, but Rachel, look, really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, thanks very much for sharing some of that insight and, and your enthusiasm for kind of the the things that you can develop and how you can use social media to, you know, both advance and, and help your career and, and to, to kind of build a whole bunch of new relationships and opportunities that, you know, and certainly in my case, I think relationships and opportunities that I would never have had if I hadn't chosen this way of kind of engaging with a much broader community and, you know, just kept my head down doing kind of doing my job. So thanks very much for sharing with us and uh, look forward to having you on as a guest again in the future. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Paul. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that. 
For show notes, why not pop over to newly revamped techstringy.com where you'll also find all of our previous Tech Enthuse episodes. Next week, we focus on the world of IT security as we go cyber threat hunting. So to make sure you catch that show, why not subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud and Stitcher, as well as all other good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>